0: What is up, everybody? This is the Wild Nutrition Podcast, and I'm your host, and this is episode eight. Today, we're going to talk about hormones, genetics, and weight loss. So there's gonna be a lot packed into this, and we're going to, I'm gonna try not to go crazy long, and actually go over more of like strategies you can use to help fix these things if you need to. Now, with that being said, you probably know the mic doesn't sound as good today, so I apologize. Something happened to the mic I usually use to record podcasts, so the quality is going to be down this week. If needed, I will re-record this episode in the future, and this is just going to be a topic I probably do a lot. So, just apologies in advance. The sounds not going to be as good as this, this week. Um, hopefully I can get this damn mic like, fixed. By the way, if anyone knows how to, it's just making like static, it sounds almost like an electric fence that's clicking on something. Like it's just this little popping noise every couple of seconds. It's really annoying. Um, happened like a week ago. Um, all right, so today we're gonna talk about steps you can take to fix your hormones and genetics. And here's the thing there's a lot of simple steps we can do. A lot of people will think, especially women, will think like, my hormones are fucked up or it's my genes and I can't lose weight. I can't get healthy because of those. And you just write it off like, it's, that's it, that's a check mark. And outside of a clinical issue, so you have a diagnosed thing like hypothyroidism, which my wife has, which my assistant coach, Lauren, has, outside of certain conditions, you can't write up. Now your hormones might be suboptimal. You might say, let's just say, use easy numbers and these are just random off off by head. One hormone supposed to be um, optimal for your body is 50 and you're at like 37. Okay, well, it's suboptimal. So yeah, you're not gonna feel great, but if the normal range is 20 to 85, well, you're within the normal range. And this is very common. So we're gonna discuss why this happens and what you can do about it, including genetics, because there's a lot of easy things we can do, but you think you're stuck. So hormones, common hormones we talk about with uh, when it comes to weight loss and health, but mostly weight loss, we're gonna talk about cortisol, which is stress hormone, growth hormone, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, Thyroid hormone, leptin, and gorilla. Now, fun fact. When we're talking about hormones, we don't know everything. We there's so much we don't know. So for example, this year, when I'm recording this right now, I this is probably oh, this might come out in 2023. Or no, this is coming out next week. Uh so this year, last month, so this is coming out in December, in November, a new hormone was just found. So INSL3 was ju- just discovered, it was put, put in the paper and levels seem to be a predictor of age-related morbidity. So we are still finding hormones. There's a lot of things, a lot of things are interconnected. So when someone comes with like a simple fix, now we're gonna be talking about some simple things you can do to help your hormones, but not necessarily fix your hormones. So if someone comes to you, take this pill, this will fix your hormone, like they're a quack, that's not how this works so we're still figuring things out uh your hunger hormones leptin and ghrelin leptin was discovered in 94 and ghrelin was discovered in 99 so not that long ago these were discovered and they have we're still figuring out more and more things that these things do like just discovering it great what the fuck does it do now so um we're going to talk now like same thing with genetic. genetics. So we're finding different genes, which these kind of um, interrelate, but we're finding different genes that may affect certain things with health parameters or these variations that are common in people. And this is something I look at with clients. My team, we look at uh, different things with that might be affecting your genetics. And what we're about to discuss here, three things you can do that are affecting and you can do to fix them. So when we're looking at genes, a lot of times I don't even touch it because there are a couple of very simple things you can do that usually fixes most of it. So, what really fucks up our hormones, fucks up our genetics? Because, especially with genes, genes are like the gun, like the gun's loaded, you ha- got dealt a bad hand, that happens. Sorry. However, one of the big factors is your lifestyle factors, and that's what actually pulls the trigger. You can have really shitty genetics and have amazing health if you have a great lifestyle, but someone with great genetics can get away with sleeping four hours a night, but you're gonna need eight and a half hours per night. You do six hours per night, you're gonna feel like garbage. And this is coming from someone, I do not have perfect genetics. There are certain things I have to do, and if I don't do them, sleep's very important, I'm gonna become a mess. Um, I have a really, really bad BCO one gene. I, if I go on a plant-based diet, it is awful for me. We'll just put it that way. I need this is the gene that converts beta carotene, plant vitamin A, to animal vitamin A. Mine's really shitty, so I need animal vitamin A, which is liver, full-fat dairy, um, some fattier cuts of meat, some fatty fish. Um, egg yolks, those foods have to be in my diet or I feel, I end up feeling like garbage or I can supplement. So during dieting phases, I try to keep some of those foods in there, which means I'm removing other things, but let's get back to you enough about me. So things you can do so, or things that are affecting you. Then we'll talk about things you can do poor lifestyle factors. That's number one, poor sleep, lack of nutrition exercise. Those things are fucking up your genes and fucking up your hormones. That's it, poor lifestyle factors, poor sleep, lack of nutrition and exercise. If you're about to turn this off, well, guess what? It's probably on you. You are probably the reason that things are fucked up. Now, they might not be so messed up that they're at a point where it's clinical hypothyroidism, um, but they're probably at a point where they're suboptimal and that can make things hard. For example, if we died for a long period of time, that's going to change our leptin, which helps us feel full, and ghrelin. So leptin might go down, and ghrelin goes up. Ghrelin makes us hungry. So if that's going up, guess what? You're going to be hungry more often. You're going to want to snack and graze, eat bigger portions. You're not going to get as full as fast. That becomes a problem. Now, if it's a short dieting phase, you can push through it. But if you're trying to diet for a year, like that's a long time have elevated ghrelin levels, there might run into some issues of overeating and then you're not seeing great results. So what are like lifestyle factors? So there's a lot. Caffeine is one. Caffeine is the most common drug. Caffeine's a drug, drug. Can I repeat that drug? I love caffeine, by the way. I actually, I'm not drinking it right now, but caffeine is fantastic for a lot of people, but caffeine is a drug and caffeine raises stress hormone and adrenaline. One of the ways it makes you feel awake. There's many different ways. We're not going to talk about caffeine today, but when you're relying too much on caffeine, especially when tied in with lack of sleep, guess what? You're just causing stress hormone to go up, 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 up. And that's going to downregulate a lot of other things like testosterone. So we increase that This can lead to caffeine, excessive consumption can lead to sleep loss, appetite changes, digestive issues. You're dealing with bloating. How much caffeine are you having? Caffeine puts you in that fight or flight state. You need to be in that rest or digest state. That's where you, it's in, it's literally in the name, rest and digest. If you're having issues with bloating and gut health, guess what? If you're pounding 500 milligrams of caffeine, which is like, you know, two cups of coffee and a scoop of pre-workout, that's not ridiculous for a lot of people. Yeah, that, that can be an issue. And you get the roller coaster of energy levels. Great, you're riding the high when the caffeine's hitting and then crash. Alcohol consumption. Kind of goes on par a lot of times with the caffeine consumption because you're gonna go from, oh, I'm going to eat, or sorry, drink. All this caffeine's gonna give me tons of energy at work. And then you get home and you want to relax and you're just wired from having too much caffeine because, again, caffeine has a half-life, but depending on your genetics and everything, body size and everything, five to seven hours or five to eight hours is the half-life of caffeine, which means if you had 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is two cups of coffee, five to seven hours later, there's 100 milligrams of caffeine left, which is the equivalent of one cup of coffee, give or take a little bit. So if you have something at, say, 3 o'clock, guess what? When you get home, it's still in there. Even though you might not be feeling the effects because you're coming down, it's still in there affecting your body even though you can't tell it is. So we use alcohol to bring us down. So alcohol, I don't think I have to go into the details of how excessive alcohol consumption is bad. I think that's pretty well known, like liver disease but it can also lead to insulin resistance and reduces testosterone, can interfere with sexual function, interferes with deep sleep, and literally depletes the body of nutrients. You will pee out a lot of vitamins um, and bleed minerals with it, which is why like a lot of people use Bloody Mary's for a hangover cure to help replenish those, um, but it's not perfect. So you, did, it's not good. good systems. So don't be like, oh, Chris said Bloody Mary will fix my hangover, no. No, don't, don't rely on that. Personally, I don't like bloody mirrors. Um, Smoking should be pretty self-explanatory. Stress. Hey, stress. Here it is. All right. So high levels of cortisol lead to anxiety, decreased immunity, weight gain, depression, decreased focus, memory, and concentration. Lots of fucking things in there. Guess what? We're about to talk about sleep here in a second, but um you don't get enough sleep so you use excessive caffeine to raise your energy levels up then you raise it up so much that you're stressed the fuck out from too much caffeine so then you use alcohol to bring yourself down you deplete your body of nutrients then you get disrupted sleep because of the alcohol so you're tired so then you have to have a ton of caffeine again but then you're still wired when you get home so to bring yourself down and chill out use alcohol which depletes your body of nutrients and disrupt your sleep and then you're not motivated to eat well so you're just kind of eating junk food and nutrient like refined foods and caffeine and you're running on the sugar high and crash and then you come home and you went out and you see the perpetual cycle there and it's a cycle a lot of people get into that they don't know how to get out of and it's like caffeine alcohol and just Sky high stress levels and disrupted sleep. And you don't think that's affecting your hormones? That is like really fucking up your hormones. Sky high stress hormones plummeting basically all the good stuff you want. Everything that's going to burn body fat, build muscle is like pfft. exposure to endocrine disrupting chemicals, common ones, BPA. So getting too many of these in your body will disrupt things. All right sleep. Sleep is a big one. Um, It's one of the core four with PWC. We are big on sleep. This comes from someone who wouldn't get much sleep in the personal training world. I would go um, get four and a half, five, five and a half hours. Usually it's like five and a half hours, three days a week, but I would try to make up for it with naps. And then the other days I would make sure I'm getting like eight, eight and a half hours sleep. But those five and a half hours, it fucked with me. Um, I definitely noticed like lower impulse control um, and definitely less energy and less creativity, less probability to problem solve. And it was always like those days we would like always be the days like we would schedule because it was like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. So it's like Mondays, of course, like weeks starting Friday, the weeks ending. So we would always have like, Um, important like work meetings on those days, it'd be like, why are they, I'm like, my brain's barely functioning. And literally it was, but um, poor sleep. So sleep can take away stress or it can add to it because quality, good quality sleep, when you get enough of it, seven to nine hours decreases your stress, decreases cortisol. Guess what? Lack of sleep is a stress and increases cortisol. Um, Lack of sleep increases your risk of type 2 diabetes. It leads to insulin resistance. So this is where, so diabetes is where your body needs more and more insulin to remove glucose, sugar, out of your blood. Insulin sensitivity is the opposite. So think sleep helps improve your insulin sensitivity if you're not getting it. Hunger, guess what? Lack of sleep disrupts the balance between leptin and ghrelin leptin helps you feel full is a hormone produced by your body fat that also in addition to making you feel full tells body fat to release body fat for energy from the body so leptin helps you burn body fat it literally tells your your own body fat releases this hormone that helps it release body fat to be used for energy so it helps you lose weight on paper ghrelin is something that helps you, um, makes your body releases it to make you feel hungry. So guess what? Lack of sleep decreases leptin. You don't feel full, increases ghrelin. You feel hungry. Guess what? You're more likely to overeat. If you're not tracking, you're not doing everything correctly, subconsciously, like if you're just trying to eyeball it, you're going to overeat. Fat burning and muscle building hormones, things like testosterone, lack of sleep decreases Growth hormone, testosterone. You release a ton of growth hormone in your sleep. Growth hormone, a lot of people think of it as muscle building. However, it's a powerful fat burner as well. You need sleep to release it. Testosterone as well. And let's not forget our immune system. Um, So lack of sleep will depress your immune system so you get sick more often, which is not good. At least that's a whole bunch of issues there. Uh, Thyroid hormone. So this one's actually complicated. So. I'm sure like, you're like, okay, what's the shitty thing here? Actually, lack of sleep doesn't seem to affect thyroid hormone levels. Now, did show T increase in TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone, uh, which can be a sign of hypothyroidism. However, also increase in T3, which is an active form of thyroid hormone. I believe I'm getting that correct. Uh, you can message me if I got that wrong. T3, T4 um, are your two types of thyroid hormone there. Um, But more isn't always better. So when I looked at the research, it was kind of inconclusive. More research needs to be done here of like something's happening with thyroid hormone and we know people who don't get enough sleep tend to gain weight. So what the fuck is going on? And that's kind of, you know, they obviously didn't say that in the research study, but it was like um, weight gain doesn't appear to be related to thyroid hormone, but there's potentially something else maybe um thyroid hormone receptors on other cells are less sensitive um there could be a variety of reasons so however that is all hypothetical as of the time of this recording we don't know however it doesn't appear to actually really affect the levels that much the other lifestyle thing that's really affecting your your hormones and your genetics is lack of nutrition exercise Surprise! Your body is not going to op- function optimally if you're not eating well and you're not exercising. L- I, I, somehow this is still surprising to people. I don't understand how, um, but yes, it, this is uh, your your nutrition directly affects everything else in your body. So prolonged calorie deficits. The perma-dieter or the yo-yo dieter, where you're on a diet, then you're off a the diet, then you're on a the diet, then you're off a diet, and you're never like on one for a significant amount of time and then off one for a significant amount of time. You're just like, again, literally doing the yo-yo or the roller coaster. Uh, you're going to downregulate thyroid hormone, leptin, sex hormones, increase cortisol, and ghrelin. Nothing you want. If you are in a prolonged and the longer and longer periods of calorie deficits, also put you at risk of nutrient deficiencies. Yeah. So if you don't get enough, and which is why I'm big on people taking multivitamins, especially during diet phase. But if you're like, I uh, I have met quite a few people, I'm against supplements. I believe you can get all through food. Well, we have data that shows that you need to eat about 22 to 2,500 calories of whole foods to actually get 100% of the RDA of all your vitamins and minerals with a, you know, a lot of variety in there. If that's not you, and again, a lot of times I'm working with women where they haven't eaten 2,500 calories since they were like 22 in sports. And I'm working with 35 to 55 year olds. They're eating like, they think they need to eat 1,600. Yep. And anytime they go over, you're like, if you're going over 1,600, because you should be losing weight at, about that, you're not, consuming high quality nutrient-dense foods. It's like pizza, wine, beer, and meat and cheese platters. That's when you're hitting 3,000 calories a day. It's not uh, 3,000 calories of avocado and salads. So nutrient deficiencies for, um, what is it? Um, Low-level, so B vitamins. There's a lot of B vitamins used in estrogen production. If you don't supply the body with that, your body has a little bit of a reserve but once it runs out especially with water soluble vitamins like vitamin b and vitamin c once it's out like there's no place else to pull so how can you create something if you don't supply it with the building blocks so you need to make sure you're getting having a good nutrition Overconsumption of calories is also an issue especially when there's not enough vitamins and minerals usually it's we're over like eating too much of refined foods. It's very difficult. And I've I did this with bodybuilding. It's very difficult to eat three or four thousand calories of really whole, uh, like whole foods, high-quality whole foods, minimally processed. It's very fucking difficult. Very easy to do with pizza and ice cream. Very easy. You can do that. You can eat two or three thousand calories in one sitting. Do that with like potatoes, veggies, and lean proteins and it's challenging. It's really fucking hard. So overconsumption will lead to increased insulin resistance and can actually downregulate testosterone. Uh, Too few fats. So if you're still in that low fat craze, fat goes to fat, Um, you then hit the keto thing, which I don't recommend keto either, either, but too few fats will decrease a lot of your sex hormones. So um, there's two types of hormones. There's uh, steroid hormones, which are um, like a, made out of like cholesterol and fats, that's the easiest way to de- describe it, or there's peptide hormones, which are going to be like growth hormone, which are, peptides are a short, um, it's not a protein, but it's not amino acid, so it's like two, three, sometimes a little bit more than that amino acids together that makes that type of hormone. So, if you don't supply the body with fats, how can it create other than pulling in things from elsewhere, but it doesn't always want to do that. So how can it create? And a lot of things, if it's pulling things from elsewhere, it's like, oh shit, we're not getting these things in our diet. We should maybe decrease, right? Instead of optimal levels, we're going to down regulate things to conserve. So remember that a lot of times we'll try to fight the bodies. Like your body's really good at keeping you alive. And it doesn't know that you are living in a very comfortable house with food everywhere. It might think like, oh crap, we're we're not eating any fats. Uh, We're barely eating calories. We're in Siberia in January. Crap, Um, there's not a lot of food around. So let's, uh, yeah, let me rephrase that. Siberia in January in 1200 AD, there's nothing around really. You barely have a shelter together. so." Yeah, your body doesn't really know the difference. So it's going to downregulate things to help keep you alive because that's what it thinks. So if you can change your mindset there of like, okay, I need to eat these things to help maintain optimal levels, make your life a lot easier. Um, Lack of exercise or movement leads to you needing to use, uh, produce more insulin. So ways you can get rid of glucose out of the bloodstream. So you eat carbs, and you can use insulin, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with insulin. It's not the bad guy like you see, like uh, the obesity code. Don't read that book. It's junk. You can use insulin to get sugar out of the bloodstream because too much is bad. That's type 2 diabetes, right? Any diabetes, but... Usually, we think type two diabetes it builds up, and you are using more and more insulin to get rid of it. Type one is where you can't produce any insulin. Or exercise has a insulin-like effect, where you don't have to use insulin. Your body just, your muscle cells just kind of open up and start using the glucose as energy. So when you're doing that, you're using up energy. Believe it or not, our bodies are supposed to move a lot. We don't. Right now, I'm sitting on my ass. I need to do a walk after this, but I'm sitting and this is a lot of people's life, most days it's just like desk job. You're not moving much and we need to move more and your one hour in the gym isn't enough. It's a great start. So if you're not doing anything, just doing anything, like moving 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you're going to notice a lot of benefits. But ultimately you want to get to a point where it's like a couple hours a day. It's That can be like converting from a seated desk to a staying desk. I tend to fidget and don't focus as much with staying desk. So it's good for like, more like mindless work for me. Doing this, I prefer to be seated where I might like using my brain a little bit more. Um, so that was exercise. And then extreme dieting, 800 calories, 1,100 calories, 1,200 calories, anything in that range. A lot of women think that they have to cut that low, but this goes for guys too. Cutting to extreme levels of calories, especially when you're going below what your BMR is, which you can calculate for free online. You just plug in your height, weight, um, age, sex, and then it'll give you like an estimated BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Especially when you go below that, it's going to cause quote unquote damage. Your body's going to start slowing things down because it doesn't think that calories are coming in. Now, your BMR is what? it takes for your body to stay alive so it's going to start down regulating things when you cut to too few calories and if you stay on that for a long period of time it downregulates more and more and more and more especially when we're starting to add in more and more exercise to try to fight against it women can like totally shut off a lot of their hormones you see this with like a lot of figure and bodybuilders, figure competitors, bodybuilders, bikini competitors, a lot in that bodybuilding world. You see this all often where they're getting to super low body fat levels, but their hormones just tank. And a couple of years later, they're having a lot of health issues. My um, day, a girl and like tons of health issues, hair was falling out and took years. It ended up being one of the reasons we didn't work out. I'm not going to go into details, but there is. A lot of things that happen. And most women know that hormones, they're usually on a monthly cycle, affects your mood. Well, what happens when you totally just dump all your hormones? It's not good. Um it's just, it's just not, and it's very stressful in the body. So you have sky high stress levels, and then all the good hormones are just in the tank. So we don't want to diet for long periods of time. So what can we do? without this taking way, way too much longer. So lifestyle factors, caffeine, limit to one to two times per day. You shouldn't be consuming ridiculous amounts of caffeine. If you are, it's probably go back to sleep. Look at that. Look at your nutrition. Generally fix those areas. Now that doesn't mean like tomorrow or after you listen to this, you need to fix everything ASAP, like one step at a time fix one thing at a time don't don't overdo it i might have sounded a little harsh earlier but when i'm working with clients it's like okay what is like the next small thing we can work on and we kind of snowball things so as i'm going to talk about like things you can do now to help fix your hormones or fix your genetics now we're going to just talk about like here's things you can do pick like one thing and do it really fucking well and just focus on that and it might seem silly, but if you can do just that one thing, then it's really easy. Like that's checked off. I can continue doing that without hesitation. Move on to the next thing. And then you do that next thing really fucking well for like 21 days, 30 days, just do that really fucking well. Well, what ends up happening is you usually snowball other ones. Like uh, I'll do this with like protein, water and other things in a uh, client's diet. Like, okay, we're going to, just focus on water this week or just focus on protein well generally like they do a little bit better getting their veggies in or they're going to do a little bit better getting their water in. then we focus on water like two or three weeks later and their proteins in now they're doing their water but they're also like exercising a little bit more because now they have more energy and they're they feel better because they don't have headaches from dehydration so it kind of just all snowballs. so slowly you start picking up the other things but you're not focusing on the thousand things you can do, which overwhelms you, and you get that fight, flight, or freeze. And a lot of people freeze up and like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm just going to do nothing about it. That solves no. That doesn't solve any problems. So we're gonna do one thing. So caffeine. A lot of people are really addicted to caffeine. Says saying, come off a of caffeine. If someone told me to do that, like cut out all caffeine out of your life, like I'm gonna tell them to fuck off. But Hey, we need to reduce the caffeine. Probably it's due to nutrient deficiencies. We're going to address that with like a high quality multivitamin. If you need one, I suggest the Seeking Health ones. You can find a link and a promo code to get 10 or 15% off down below. I forget if it's 10 or 15% off this month, but there's a code down below. Use that link get the multivitamin. It's the one I use. My wife uses the prenatal, amazing quality. You don't need to use the full dose if you want. Uh, a suggestion for how many you should take just send me a message and we'll do a like a fix my diet or medbox assessment and figure out what you need um, but i rarely have clients take the full dose of it which is eight pills um, so probably it's going to be one of those sleep and or nutrient deficiencies so let's address sleep let's start tackling our diet but in the meantime we can use a multivitamin to help tackle that oh okay, now we can start reducing caffeine because you feel better, you feel like you don't need it as much. So we can naturally reduce caffeine. So we can swap and say like two two cups of coffee in the afternoon, maybe it's one cup of coffee and one cup of green tea or black tea, which have lower caffeine content. So you're still having two things caffeinated, but we just reduce the amount. And that's a a strategy. Some people do great cold turkey. I'm gonna tell that person to fuck off if they suggest that to me. You suggest let's reduce it, let's swap out. Okay, I'll listen to you. And I would rather take the slightly longer, but I'll know I'll actually fucking do it route. Alcohol consumption, limit to seven drinks per week for women, 14 drinks per week for men. Yeah, understand what to drink it. So I have an alcohol guide. If you want that, send me a message. I'll send over the alcohol guide to you. But most cocktails are like two drinks. Most people pour a drink and a half or two dr- drinks worth of wine. Most craft beers are more than one. Like you think, oh, well, that's seven beers. Well, that's like a 5% alcohol. If it you're drinking a eight or 9% IPA, that's not one beer. It might actually be one beer, but the alcohol equivalent is more like one and a half, two beers, so keep that in mind. Um, a lot of people are drinking way too much and sorry, ladies, you're going to drink less just body size in general and how your body metabolizes it. But for a lot of people, when they're dieting, I recommend five drinks or less per week. Alcohol is just empty calories and it's a lot. So I recommend most people aim for five or fewer drinks per week. That's like two Friday night, two Saturday and one on Sunday. Not ridiculous or one on that Wednesday. Like if you, so, if one, you're cutting out a lot of calories. You're cutting out things that disrupt your sleep. So your sleep improves. And you're forced to figure out other things to help with stress because you're probably masking your stress with excessive alcohol consumption. And you save money because alcohol is expensive. Even if it's cheap alcohol, it's literally doing nothing for your health. It is literally doing the opposite. And even the studies that show that alcohol, people who drink alcohol, It's never necessarily the alcohol. It's either things in the alcohol or it's due to people who buy alcohol tend to be higher, better socioeconomic status, blah, 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 other factors. Smoking. It's cliche, but quit. Um, I'm not the person. If you're smoking and you want to quit, I would suggest looking for an expert. That is not me. I have no ego in this i have zero suggestions i've never been through that journey i don't know it i know some coaches who have been through it i would suggest you find someone you've resonated with that and have them help you go through that that's not me don't reach out to me i don't i i, I might be able to give you some advice but i don't know what that looks like and there are better people than me to help you with that stress incorporate stress reduction practices Nature therapy. Again, nature, I have a nature therapy guide I can send you. This isn't woo-woo like meditating in nature. It's like going hike, being out in a natural surrounding whatsoever, just going for a walk through the woods, a hike, something like that helps reduce stress. We actually have put different things on people. I'm blanking on the term right now, but they get their biofeedback. Blood pressure goes down, their heart rate goes down. Uh there is sympathetic nervous system activation that fight or flight response goes down. So, there's different things you can do with getting out in the woods. Not everyone has access to that. Try to bring the woods into you if you can, but again, not everyone has access to that. So, deep breathing techniques, box breathing for the 4444 four, four, four method or any type of deep meditative breathing helps. Meditation can help. I don't really do it. I would. Breathing kind of goes with meditation. I do the breathing. I don't be like, I'm going to go meditate. I just do the breathing. If that's good. Um, or I try to get out for hikes. You get better at that. Now that, but hunting season also helps because you're out of nature. Guess what? Uh, ice baths, cold showers. These are super helpful to me. Um, first of all, fuck cold showers. I hate those. Um, but ice baths, I do really like, um, mostly because it forces you to shut your brain off so especially if i'm like having issues focusing you you get into some cold water and there's only one thing you can think of and it's just like breathe and live through the time and that is it's basically forced meditation because your body is in that state of like oh shit. however you get a massive dopamine response out of it and you feel amazing afterwards amazing Surprisingly amazing. This is, I like debate doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Finally, did And now it's like one of those things I really look forward to. Unfortunately, I can't do it in the summer because um, I'm not willing to pay for the amount for ice because ice is ridiculously expensive for the amount you need. <laughs> um, but, and, and our water. So I tried to do it, it didn't work. So our water uh, in summer, I filled up the bathtub and it was like, 85 degrees, I dumped out like all the ice out of our freezer and it got down to like 83 degrees. (laughs) Like, okay, yeah, this is not gonna do anything, not helpful, Um, I'm just gonna take a regular bath. Uh, But fall through spring, I can, like right now it comes out at like 42, which is good. It needs to be about 50, 50 gives you benefits. Um, You can watch the, or listen to the Andrew Huberman podcast, He has an entire episode and that's where I kind of got started with it. And you just need 11 minutes per week, not per day, 11 minutes per week, which is like go in three minutes or five minutes, uh, six minutes. I just said I can go for 11 minutes when I'm adapted right now. I'm not. So I'm just doing six minutes and I'll work probably next week. I'll shoot for like eight or nine. Um, But right now I'm doing six minutes. I did it twice this week already. We're good to go. Well, I'm recording this on Tuesday. So I did one Sunday, one yesterday. Um, Limit the use of plastics. Use BPA-free plastic. Check your living place for mold. Mold will really disrupt things. So check, make sure there's no mold. Um, Check your libido and sexual function. compared to your 20s. One of the easiest things you can do, check your hormone status and get, it's a rough gauge. It's like, um, what's a great analogy? I don't have one off the top of my head. I have a terrible analogy. And uh, there'd be, uh, so some of you who are into food potting and farming will get it. And those of you who don't, well, you're about to see how much of a nerd I am. So it's like doing a soil test with the run-of-the-mill soil test you get at uh, like Lowe's or Home Depot, which is like the pretty colors versus like sending the soil sample into um, your local um. My university office to get actually get the numbers back. So you do it gives you an idea of where this is like. It's not blood work. You're not getting hard numbers, but it gives you an idea of like, hey, something's off or what? What's kind of going on? So your body's decreases libido and sexual function when we're stressed the fuck out. So your re- reproductive system is not essential for keeping you alive. So when things are suboptimal, that's kind of the first thing to go like, hey, we need to put all this energy and resources elsewhere in the body to keep our heart beating, lungs functioning, liver functioning, brain going. These things can come back later. So when you're really unhealthy, that's why men tend to get ED first, and then there's gonna be more health, health complications. Not always, again, this is a giant, Thing, but something I do look at with clients every six to eight weeks is how's your libido like on scale one to ten. So think of it like your twenties, not teenager, but like your mid-20s. Is a decrease Now over time it will decrease, but we want to keep it as close to you know your 20s as possible because that's when your hormones were probably for most people, not everyone, but probably at their best at their optimal. So we want to try to keep those hormones as optimal as possible. And that doesn't mean like testosterone. It's a balance between testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, and a lot of other things going on in the body. So for you to do that, again, you need to sexual function, you need, you need to be able to access rest and digest that parasympathetic does not, that helps open up the veins to help with blood flow, which is important. And then it's a balance with the other hormones as well. So you can just look at, is this improving? Like I'm getting closer to, you know, I'm more often. Well, that can be a sign. And sometimes it, it, you are, but it's a self-confidence thing. And as you get stronger through working out and you lose some body fat, you feel more confident in yourself, then sometimes it comes back. So sometimes it's psychological. So it's not perfect, but it's something you can look at. So I'm not saying... That's why I said this is like the little test you get at Home Depot and it gives out pretty color and it's pretty vague versus like actual game data. So it is like something you're doing. It doesn't cost you any money to kind of look at it other than like tracking it every couple of weeks. Improvement staying the same, going down. If we're diving really, really hard, it generally goes down. And I just missed my notes here. So that is um, sleep, crap, lifestyle factors. All right, so found my spot. All right, sleep, obviously sleep seven to eight hours per night. Also, another way to look at sleep is aim for 56 hours of sleep per week. Ideal is a steady schedule a rigorous sleep schedule that is the best thing that's how our bikes are designed however some people work night shift nurses for example some people uh that or police officers so I've worked with many over the years again you have split schedules maybe you're on a rotation so another goal is just aim for that 56 per week and or in my situation where I would have three days a week where I would get limited sleep, I would try to use naps to help make up. So I might get over the course of a week, two hours worth of naps in as to that to aim for that. You can set at 749 as well. So if 56 seems lofty. You can go on the low end of optimal, which would be 7 times 7 is 49. So aiming for 49 hours of sleep per week. You can't make it all up at the end though, that's just as bad. So what a lot of doctors do where it's like very little sleep all week and then sleep 12 hours uh, Saturday and Sunday, also terrible for you. So just so you know, you can only make up so much of that sleep debt, which is what it's called by the way. If you have lack of sleep, it's called sleep debt. Um, make your room as dark as possible, get blackout current, make things dark, especially if you're trying to sleep during the day. Don't drink alcohol right before bed. So you're going to drink. Ideally, you're going to drink and maybe have that last drink. It takes about an hour to metabolize a drink. So maybe stop an hour before you go to bed or earlier. And then a lot of it's going to be metabolized and out of your system, disrupting your sleep less. Uh, Don't drink caffeine eight hours prior to going to bed. Again, that half-life is very long. Consistent sleep schedules. Also trying to limit bright lights. So if you can, if you need to, put dimmers in your house. Don't do what I haven't had have bright lights on your face right now. Um, you want to dim those lights down as much as possible. So I, we have dimmers, trying to limit blue light, which is gonna be screened so you can install blue light filters. Uh, you don't have to wear the blue light glasses, especially if you're like me, you wear glasses. I'm not putting glasses over my glasses. So your phone has it. If it's just like the shift, you can download what It's called Flux, F period, L-U-X on your computer and it goes with the sunrise and sunset. You can turn it off, but it's a free program. You can install that. I have it on mine, so when the sun sets, just shifts the screen so it's um, more on the red spectrum and less blue lights coming out. But TV is usually the main culprit, so be careful with watching TV too close to bed. That disrupts your melatonin. Nutrition exercise. Eat 80 to 90% unprocessed foods, ideally. Try to eat sitting down and not on the run most of the time. Rest and digest versus fight or flight. Sometimes we have to eat on the run. That's just the nature of modern society. But as much as you can, try to sit down, relax and eat. And then again, 80 to 90% unprocessed foods. Your diet doesn't need to be 100% perfect. It doesn't, but you do need to eat pretty good most of the time. Use supplements to fill the gaps. Multivitamin, magnesium, fish oil, these are ones, again, I recommend seeking help links down in the bio or in the show notes. Use supplements to fill the That's what they're for. They're not to take over. They're used to fill the gaps. Most people multivitamin, magnesium, fish oil, going to go very far. Also vitamin D uh, move or exercise daily sweat. It's a way your body actually detoxes walking, lifting weights, yoga, hiking, biking, et cetera. It doesn't need to be in the gym. It can be like, you're just going to move. You're going to go for it. Extra long walk on Sundays, your rest day. That's it. You're going to do two laps around the neighborhood instead of one. Portion control: eating too little or too much leads to issues. Too little calories or too many. So if you're trying to diet and things aren't going well, generally it's a consistency issue. You don't need to cut calories more. But if you're being consistent, you're going to get to a point where you either cut to extreme amount, which is bad for your health, or you need to reverse diet out and go into a maintenance phase for a period of time before starting that next dieting phase. So we don't wanna be a dieter. We don't wanna be in calorie deficit year round. It's not good for you. Periods of time, three to six months out of the year, or even up to nine months out of the year, you should be in calorie deficit if you have that weight to lose. You need to lose weight over that period of time. That's fine, but you're gonna spend a good period run on the longest period, nine months out of the year, you're on calorie deficit, three months consecutively should be in a maintenance mode. Um, I like to time that around the holidays, like, all right, October, November, December, I don't try to diet, this is maintenance mode. As I'm recording this, I'm in maintenance mode. I am definitely feeling chunky right now. I am feeling like a little bit of a hippo, that's fine. Do I wanna take my shirt off? Nope. Definitely don't want to go to the beach and take my shirt off, but I'm okay with it because this is my maintenance time. It's kind of time for me to put on some muscle size, get that metabolism up as high as I can because January, I will start my diet phase. That's just every year. That's what I do. This is maintenance time. I'm not going to try a diet during this phase because my wife's going to be making Christmas cookies in a couple of weeks and I'm going to crush them. And we have all the other holiday things. Um, yeah. It, it for me, it doesn't work with my schedule. And for a lot of people, it doesn't. So I like to just plan like, okay, I know I'm not gonna be dieting this period. It's time to focus on other goals. And then January, hit it hard. Spend time, so like I said, spend time in and out of dieting. For a lot of women, 1,800 to 2,200 calories is going to be maintenance. That includes if you're like 55, 18 to 2,200. All you have to do to figure out your maintenance Remember I said about your BMR calculator, you can just do that. Then you figure out your, it figures out your your, uh, basal metabolic rate, your BMR, and then you add your activity level to it. And that is your maintenance calories estimated. So probably plus or minus 10%. So it might, uh, for a lot of women when I do this, it's gonna spit out between 18 to 2200, unless you're completely sedentary. But if you're active in, any fashion at all, even just like hitting 7,000 steps per day, it's in that 18 to 2,200 calorie range. Not everyone, but majorities. So I would recommend before just taking that as final advice, go and do your calculations yourself, but it's not 1,200 calories like the women's magazines make you think. And guys, 2,000 to 2,800 calories is maintenance. I had a client, we did the calculations, his thing, was 2,800 calories, like, dude, we, we actually got down to a diet of like, we were eating, he was consistent. He was very good at this, but eating 1,600, it's like, you're not losing weight. It's time to, we're in the next phase, dude, we're next phase. We are bumping your calories up because you are not losing weight. It's time to reverse diet. So we got him back up and then start the next diet phase. When dieting, it's even more important to eat unprocessed whole foods because you have less calories to actually get nutrition in. And the goal is not to be dieting forever. So you listen to this, the goal, end goal is to fix your shit and then get out of the problems you're in now so that you don't have to ever be in these. Now, that's not to say, like I just told you, I'm going into a dieting phase come January. I'm a fitness coach. I'm a nutrition coach. I do this all the time, but you're going to have, it's not to say you'll never have to die again, but you'll know what to do. And you won't let yourself get to a point where are like, oh my God, I have to die for a year. No, it's going to be like, I have to die for 12 weeks out of every year. So the other, what is that? 40 weeks out of the year. Yeah. 40 weeks out of the year, you're in maintenance or a surplus. And then 12 weeks, you're in a dieting phase or less. Maybe it's four or eight weeks. Just depends how much weight you actually need to lose. So I'm aiming for 12. It might be 16 or 20, but yeah, that's it. So things you can do to fix your hormones, fix your genetics, lifestyle, sleep, good nutrition exercise. Before we touch anything, we just focus on this. Again, I look at genetic stuff with clients. I'll go over blood work with them this fixes most of it usually we don't need to pull out any big guns and be like okay we need to fix this this and this take these supplements we do this yeah sometimes it's like okay like we're just going to add the multivitamin and magnesium in that's it that's all you need you need to take vitamin d fish oil super boring very rarely is it like okay so you need to drink bone broth every single morning then what i want you to do is we're gonna take um, some brewer's yeast and four strawberries. You're gonna make that into a smoothie. You're gonna drink that with some raw milk and kombucha at lunch. Then yeah, don't fucking do, we don't do that with most people. And I, I just made that middle one up with a bunch of things. So it's literally just this stuff. And then we move like, okay, what did the scores improve? Cool, let's just stop, press even further. Scores improved, cool. We're not paying for anything. However, if there is an issue, then we pull out the big guns. We've done everything, we have things dialed in. Okay, now we need to actually address things. And sometimes that does happen. Um, We'll get blood work done. But a lot of times blood work comes back like, okay, everything looks really good. Let's compare, like things are looking good a lot of times it's like consistency creating results or that you have just been dieting for too long and you didn't give the coach me good information. Like when was your last diet? Oh, you've been, you, you haven't been off a true diet for a while. Okay. Why did you think starting a diet? We need a maintenance phase first. So that's the actual issue. So a lot of times we'll look at blood work and we'll be like, there, there's nothing. No, there's nothing here what we need to do is this plan because it is actually not your hormones but sometimes it is and you can address it with these things so look at the things i talked about today in your life see what you can work on and dial in one thing at a time if you can do more great but if you're a mom and you work full time and you have a stressful job and you have to do all the things Probably can't focus on more than like one or two things at a time. So just do a couple of them, one or two things really fucking well. If you're already going to the gym consistently, great. That's not one of them. You're already doing that. But if you're not hitting your water, hit your water. If you're not getting enough sleep, cool. Let's work on sleep. If you can't work on improving quality, quantity of sleep right now, can we improve the quality? Why the fuck do you have a nightlight in your bedroom? Get the fuck out there's other strategies we can go into specifically for these different things if you want to learn more about them send me a message or i'll do a podcast in the future just let me know but that's going to be it today guys so thanks for tuning in as always if you want any of the guides send me a message or they're in the free facebook group that is down below in the show notes just join that group again it's completely free on facebook it's all there um or shoot me a message. If you can't find it, we'll tag you and it will send it to you. Um, also, give me a follow on Instagram or TikTok, or there's my Facebook down below as well. If you want this supplements from Seeking Health, that link is also down below. And please give this uh, a five-star review. If you found it helpful today, this helps other people find the podcast so we can continue to spread the word to help more people.